tuned into the Boxing Rad Podcast. Leave your kid gloves at home. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. What up, what up, fight fans? Welcome back to episode 290 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. I'm Kenny Keith, and I am joined, as always, by Vince Cummings. What up, Vince? What's going on, brother? It's been a long, strange trip to get here. October 17th, six days away. Loma Lopez, the biggest fight in 2020, my friend. Nah, son. <laughs> <laughs> nah. They ain't got that pay-per-view clout, though. They ain't, they ain't got that clout? Nah, son. Nah. <laughs> nah. Now, this on pay-per-view? Oh, this big-time clout. Yeah, big-time clout. Ain't no clout. Regular ESPN. <laughs> Every one got ESPN. <laughs> yeah, we don't want more people to see it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, dude, it is a big fight. Um, You know... It, just the way that the entire year's unfolded, I feel like I've been bombarded from every fucking angle uh, with sports, with fucking everybody's championship happening at the same time. Getting to witness, like having the privilege to be alive at the same time as LeBron James. I mean, like all these amazing things <laughs> happening all at once. Dude, you don't even know, like you, you should be thankful like in life. I mean, you could have the COVID, but instead you get to witness LeBron James. Bubble sports, son. Yes. You know what I mean? Just, I mean, four MVPs? Who's ever done that before, ever? Um, I don't know. I don't think, has anybody had? Never has, never happened before. <laughs> I mean, they got that, them, them regular MVPs. Oh, You know what I mean? Them, them don't count. Nah, Jordan got all them regular MVPs. He got, he got that bubble MVP. That's that clout, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, um... This fight has completely snuck up on me. It really has. Yeah, I, I think it has on everybody, but can you remember a fight where fans... It's been a while in boxing since we've had a fight where fans are taking sides and there's like legit animosity, well, at least from one side. I don't, I'm not so sure there's animosity from Lomachenko's side other than like this passive-aggressive like dismissing of the opponent. Yeah. But Lopez has got some... He's got some animosity towards Lomachenko, so... This has been the first fight in a while where you feel that like that tension for a fight. We, we haven't had that. No, no. And, the Charlo and, fights didn't have. They were big fights, but they didn't have that. No, they just like appeared. Right. Like, hey, hey, Charlo's on pay per view tonight. Everybody, get your money in. <laughs> you know, like that was the promotion. That was it. Right. Like that was the entire promotion. Right. They're like, that's all we got to do, man. We're the Charlo, bro. We, we twins. I, I'm telling them blood, sweat, and tears uh, episodes on, yeah. on ESPN. Those yeah. are excellent. Yeah, and and that's the kind of stuff that has to accompany these big fights, man. Especially you got a fucking platform like ESPN. Um, not, I mean, this fight has the potential to be explosive. Yep. And uh, you know what, man? I'm just glad I get to watch it. Whether you got to fucking buy it or not, this is the kind of fight that you have to watch. Like, th this is the fight you want to tell people that like are semi-boxing fans that'll watch fights if they're big fights. Like you want to tune in for this one. This is going to be a good fight. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. So we got the main event: uh, Lomachenko versus Lopez from Las Vegas, Nevada, for all the belts. Um, we'll talk a little Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder three. Um, is it? even happening anymore or is Tyson just going to get you know sharpen the uh, the tools and the and the utility belt for one uh, Anthony Joshua and Sir Edward of Hearn yeah it sounds like uh, that Wilder fight might be going bye-bye um and if it does what is next for all of the gigantic human beings that <laughs> fight one another um and then of course you know like we kind of opened the show with it but um you know it, it really ain't that real deep 
like intellectual, like <laughs> you know, like type of boxing talk unless we got some more pay per view talk. We gotta talk numbers. Yeah, Kim. we gotta t- <laughs> we gotta talk them buys. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, man. So get fucking sharpened up. Um, your abacus skill set. You know, I'll get my calculator out, my TI-84 or TI-82. What the hell's an abacus? (laughs) It's that wooden thing that has, like, them circles on it. It does that shit and stuff? And then it slides and shit. Oh, okay. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Uh, Bet. Bet. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh shit! Yeah, so um, you know, look, we're gonna have fun with this show. Yeah, uh, we don't know how long we're gonna be around for. No, <laughs> this is this thing is clearly coming to <laughs> coming to an end very soon. Yes, uh, a grinding halt. So let's let's just have um, a really enjoyable, positive, optimistic, half glass full type of episode. No, no complaint. Does anybody do it better than us when it comes to that, Ken? Yeah, we're fucking nice people. I, I've always been called nice. Yeah, yeah, fucking very. Approachable, agreeable, yeah, harmless. Come on, you know what am I gonna do? Gay. <laughs> well, been called many things <laughs> through the been years. Called a lot worse on the interweb skin. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a very, very violent and scary place. All right, before we get to the fight preview and the news and notes on episode two hundred ninety, um, please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker. Anywhere you can get an audio podcast, please subscribe to the Boxing Rant Podcast. Drop by our YouTube channel, the Boxing Rant YouTube channel, and watch the full-length episode of the podcast in video. Um, And you can drop by. you got any questions, you get lost along the way. Just jaunt on over to theboxingrant.com, and there'll be there, you know, links for you as well. Yeah, we we offer life advice as well. Life advice, eh? Yeah, yeah, I mean, who better? (laughs) Who better, Ken? (laughs) <laughs> Clearly two gentlemen that have their shit together. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty evident. <laughs> right? Yes. I Absolutely. Mean, I find the mirror every morning and I'm like, shit is together, son. It is. It is. Looking fresh. Looking fresh. Um, all right. So uh, follow us on Twitter at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. All right, Vin. Let's get right down to it here. October 17th, this upcoming Saturday night on ESPN, it is... A battle for lightweight supremacy. Some would regard Vasily Lomachenko as the best fighter in the world, and uh, most would regard Teofimo Lopez as the most explosive um, in a new wave, new crop of a, uh, the next generation of boxing. Um, he's, he's on that very, very short list of players that could become the future faces of, mm-hmm. of the sport. Um, the timing of this fight is unique, and it's, it's sad that it's unique. Um, in the sense that uh, these two are fighting at the perfect time. Yeah. At the perfect time. When in boxing, do you get exactly what you want right when it's supposed to happen? Very rarely. Like, if we get that once a year in the sport, like a, a fight of this magnitude, that is that everything lines up perfectly. You've got an older fighter. Not I'm not – before anybody gets all bent out of shape, I'm talking about a guy who's like is at his physical peak right now as a fighter. I think there's there's a he's very close to the precipice and very close to being on the downside of his career, but I don't think there's anything that shows he's there yet. And you've got a young fighter who has, for for all intents and purposes, come into his own at the right point in time. Had a huge knockout punch brings 
from what I've said from the beginning when it when it this matchup has been talked about, it was going to take a type of fighter that is something that has something special that offers something special. Not maybe not skills wise, but they got to have some special ability that they bring into the ring. And Tiafimo Lopez has such a uh, explosive uh, punching power, and that's the type of fighter. That's why this fight is so intriguing. Because I think everybody would agree that Lomachenko, clearly the far more experienced fighter, the better ring IQ, the more well-rounded fighter, better footwork. But the one thing that Tiafimo Lopez possesses is something that I don't think Lomachenko has faced yet in this weight class. He has not faced a big puncher. Lopez might be the biggest puncher at 135 and maybe has been for the last year or so. So that's what makes this fight. It's just... Anything could happen early. You know, the the early rounds will be very scary because that explosiveness will be on full display. I, it's just it's so fucking intriguing. And I don't remember a match or or uh, I don't remember a fight that that involved two guys where like a year ago I looked at this fight and I would have said Lomachenko should be minus fucking 700 in this matchup. But for whatever reason, and it's not just the Comey knockout, it's just other things that I feel like Lopez is kind of maybe the delay of this fight has maybe helped him, has maybe been a, a, a blessing in disguise for him. He's been able to mature a little bit more as a fighter. Uh, I just think this fight's gotten a lot closer than it was a year, year and a half ago. I mean, this matchup was dismissed when it was talked about immediately by a lot of people. And now there's a huge con- contingency of people that believe Tiafimo Lopez is going to spark Vasily Lomachenko on Saturday night. Yeah, I I, I think that's what you know um, everybody's hoping for. I mean, Tiafimo Lopez brings that buzz. You know, yeah. I mean, he he just that kind of he's an electric um, fighter. I, you know, I just think that the Comey moment had to happen for him. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, so many times fighters, you know, they they progress quickly, but they never really have that moment. Right. You know, that moment that. It's it's not only a statement maker, but it's like okay, like this guy really belongs at the world level, and right. you know the Comey fight for him. Yeah, you know, look, man, his his resume is shallow. I mean, you you know you watch that blood, sweat, and tears documentary. You watch part one. There's like an opening little montage of of Lopez just devastating knockout after devastating knockout, and they're showing each one in slow motion. Right. I mean, some of them look cartoonish. Like one guy, like was in some kind of like weird sort of like punching position, but as soon as he gets clipped. It's like Tiafimo's punch hit the pause button, like a button on his body, and he just goes, you know, and just falls down in that same pose. Yeah, that knockout, the double left hook knockout of Diego Magdalena. There's some highlight real shit there, man. Look, the bottom line is is that Comey gives him the the confidence and the wherewithal coming into this fight to put more. I guess more substance and more reality in the eyes of, of of himself, his camp fans out there in believing that there's potential because there's enough power and dynamite. And sometimes that that power, yeah, it looks great against guys that got a one star next to their name on on right. you know on box rack, but doing it um, at the highest levels and to a guy in Comey that I don't think he ever like made anybody suspicious of his whiskers coming into that fight. No. You know? No. So that tells – and look, and, 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 I, and I think that it's still relatively – you know, even though it's been, I guess, what, three years now, um, people still remember Linares dropping Lomachenko. Yeah. You know? So they, they feel there's some, some – with, with a right hand. Exactly. Um, 
So then you couple that with the mileage on Lomachenko, right? right. But I tell you what, man, if, if, if you guys have not watched The Blood, Sweat, and Tears, I mean, get on YouTube and watch it because you really get a refresher course on a couple things as it pertains to Lomachenko, right? Yeah. And you see the way that the man prepares. You see sort of his mentality, um, you know, uh, his approach, um, the regimen, like how professional it is. It's mm-hmm. not like, yo, I'm going to get up and go. You know, everything is like yeah, at this time. I mean, dude, they're doing like one training exercise where he's holding his breath in a bowl of water. Yeah. You know they what I mean? Some, they do some odd different shit. Yeah, dude. And they do a lot of uh, psychological stuff, but they also do a ton of brain sort of programming, you know, um, with these quick twitch sort of reaction mm-hmm. uh, brain exercises. And, you know, just watch it because it's crazy. Like, they're tracking all of this data to see if his brain function is improving. Um, but you watch just sort of the way that he prepares himself, and then you just see him in action. That little miniature fucking agility obstacle course like loop that he did Mm -hmm. right he does it like two or three times in the video and and you see it's just it's all still there man i mean when a fighter is is has been pushed over that proverbial ledge it's either their chin or their legs is gone right you know And, and and for lomachenko i mean dude his legs his athleticism he is so unbelievably fast yep i i will say this I think in these last couple fights at 135, we've seen him use his legs less. I, like going back to the Campbell fight, he wasn't a guy that was as shifty and moving around the target and creating angles. He was more working in straight lines and being quick and picking a shot. He was stabbing that that straight left to the body on Campbell. It was a little bit of a, a of a dip, more different performance than we're used to seeing from him as far as the footwork aspect of a fight goes. I found it funny that in these Blood, Sweat, and Tears episodes, you saw Igus Klimas say at one point, you know, I don't think we've ever seen more than 80% of what Vasily Lomachenko is capable of in a ring. While I think that's kind of a fucking arrogant statement to make mm-hmm. when you've been in some tough fights and you you decided to only fight at 80% against Lenars, he knocked you down. I bet, I bet you when you got knocked down, you fought up, you got, and fought at a, got up and fought at 100%. But I, I, I just think it's funny – that one of the things that hasn't really been discussed fully with Lomachenko is the last year and a half, two years, he hasn't really been healthy. He's had a bad shoulder. He's always had some little fucking nagging injury. And this is the first fight in two years where he is fully healthy. Had a, he was fully healthy coming into camp. He was able to prepare you know, at 100%. I don't know if that adds something to his game, but I do think – in this fight, he is going to have to be the Vasily Lomachenko that is a master of footwork. This is not a fight where you want to stand there and box with the, with Lopez. I don't think you want to take that risk. You want to make this kid work. You want to have a you want a vintage one thirty pound Lomachenko type of performance, like the ones against Sosa, the ones against Rigo. Those fights where you his footwork was just a thing of beauty. That is what to me for me what he's going to need in this fight. Well, yeah, and I you know I think it 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 is going to be completely on um, Tiafima Lopez's reaction and 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 the way that what Lomachenko tries to do affects him. You right. know, I mean, there's a good chance that you know Tiafimo could just get his feet could get stuck in the mud. Right. You know, and then Lomachenko's not going to have any any problem maneuvering his way around him, especially if he confuses him. I mean, look. Lopez and his father have been bragging incessantly, right? Just nonstop about how 
what separates them from every other fighter is their ability to dissect what you're doing faster mm. than any fighter. So that's why they were able to beat Comey so quickly because within the f- first few moments in the ring, he was like, oh, I got that style figured out. Thanks for that, man. Thanks yeah. for those. Like like he's playing poker and it's like, oop, tell. I could, I could point to one fight that would say, eh, that's not, no, that's not the case because he... The Nakatani one, fight? Yeah, the Nakatani fight is, is a fight where... There wasn't very many. This is one, and I rewatched it this past week. It's one of those fights where you look for a guy like you're going to have to make an adjustment, dude. Like the game plan you came in with of being Tiafimo Lopez as a fighter, like being what you are, is not really working. And there wasn't really any any adjustments made. And Nakatani kind of outsmarted him in a, in a lot of spots in that fight. That fight was closer than a lot of people remember. And it was a fight that began, you know, people started questioning uh, Lopez after that fight. Was I, that, uh, sorry to interrupt you, was that the first time you'd watched it since being there live? I think it was. Yeah, I don't remember if I watched it afterwards. I watched the Dadashev fight when I got home because that was how, the how, tragedy. But Right, right. Um, how different was watching it than from being in the uh, the crowd for that one? I, I remember being in the crowd and thinking, shit, man, this is a this is a real fucking fight. And it looked that way when I watched it. Like, there was, there yeah. was moments where it was like, is this kid going to fucking lose? Like, was this the bad, was this bad matchmaking here? And it, and it borderline was but it also got him some some experience going deep into a fight being pushed by a guy that's very awkward now nakatani's style and lomachenko's (laughs) style are not comparable no and nakatani was a giant of, of, of a lightweight the length and the height of him was ridiculous i mean tiafimo lopez is going to be the bigger fighter in the ring uh, uh, this Saturday, just stature and build wise, he's yeah. signi- he'll he'll probably weigh I I would say significantly more, meaning like five to ten pounds more than Lomachenko in the ring. So he's going to have that advantage, and they and they've been chirping. We're going to put him on the back foot. We're going to he can't fight going backwards. He can't fight going backwards. I, I'm not so sure they're that type of fighter. Like I, Lopez is the kind of guy who kind of comes out in postures and and has that shell style and has the the front shoulder up, pseudo uh, Mayweather style kind of, and wants to counter with the right hand. He's not a guy that fights that way. He's not a come forward, throw a lot of punches kind of guy. He's more of a reactionary counter puncher. So I don't like, they keep saying that. I don't know how that's really going to play out when I'm yet to see that. And you're telling me you're going to do that? Against Lomachenko, it's it's hard to buy, and especially after watching that Nakatani fight and not seeing the adjustments. I think that if if this fight goes the wrong way for Lopez and he gets one of those uh, like 9-10 round uh, loss decisions and, and gets kind of schooled, I would not be surprised if you see a change in his corner after this fight, if that happens. What, you mean like like getting rid of his pops? I would not be surprised, yes. Why? Why I, I, look, I noticed, like, especially a couple of the things that I noticed watching that Blood, Sweat, and Tears shit is that relationship in the second episode of that, that relationship with him and his father is not very good. I mean, they ask him about it, and the kid breaks breaks into tears, and he's like, yeah, he'll always be my father, but he really doesn't know how to turn off being my coach. And he's like, I, I can't. He's like, I know how to turn it off. I have to turn it off. But he's like, I, and he's, he's just. You can see the emotion there, and it just seems like one of those things where it's if it's not working out, if things aren't going the way there, you know, everything's looking up right now. I just, to me, it seems like this might be something that 
the kid might have to think about doing. His father's not a, like he's not a legit boxing coach. He knows boxing. I'm not saying he doesn't know boxing. He got his son to this point. But at a certain point in time when you have that type of relationship and we've seen it tons of times in the sport with father son corners eventually it comes to an end and i think this the volatile nature of this relationship i mean we heard it he had a panic attack on a flight years ago coming back into the country and was thinking about like i don't do i really want to do this the kid's 20 fucking years old and he's having these doubts when i kind of remembered these things and saw that in the blood sweat and tears I'm not going to say I'm, I'm going to question. I'm the questioning this kid's like mental fortitude in the fight. Yeah, he's but, about to fight Lomachenko. Right, but I see something that I see something there mentally that scares me going into a fight against a mental fucking warrior like Vasily Lomachenko. Like you're not going to shake Lomachenko, and he's going to take you to a place where you're going to have to dig deep. This is like I don't see a fight here. If Lomachenko gets past the first two three rounds and is able to avoid big right, right hands, and the fight kind of settles in, that's where I feel like Lopez might get into trouble in the middle rounds. And I wonder if mentally he is able to withstand that and not crumble as a fighter. How's it, oh, okay, uh, to, to compound on that, I'll ask you a, another question about that. How's his father going to react in the corner if that's happening? That's, that's my, like, you know I'm, I mean? I'm going to be paying a big attention to how that corner reacts in between rounds. What kind of direction he's getting from his dad? Yeah. Is it going to be like, come on, son? You know, the typical father stuff, like pick up the pace, do like not actual instruction and just motivation. Yeah. In a fight like this, you're going to need instruction in the corner. He's going to need to be told, hey, look, that's not working. Try this. How about come in with this and, and do that? It's not going to, it's not just rah rah shit. Yeah. This is a real fight you're in. Right. Right. So, so that, that to me is, that's the biggest factor in this fight for me. I know that sounds goofy and stupid. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. There's it's 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 nuanced and there's 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 more like layers to what you're talking about anyways. Like we've heard stuff with with Tiafimo that, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, like he went down to like Arkansas to a relative's house to like escape COVID. Mm-hmm. Remember when I think it was his wife's family? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Remember when Adam Schefter was his hair was on fire <laughs> and he was running through the streets of, of Manhattan, going "Carnage in the streets." <laughs> yes. you, you remember that? Um, <laughs> no, but anyway, so like you know, and he like I heard he he talks so much to so many different outlets. You know, like he says pretty much everything that you want to hear as somebody like as far as a topic is concerned. Um, you know, when you're talking about sports, I mean, Tiafimo is the, you know, the gift that keeps on giving, but the reality is, is he was talking about how he's got, he's got asthma and that there's no way that he's going to be able to fight like crowd or no crowd. And everybody was like, hold on a second. You've been talking shit nonstop about this Lomachenko fight, but now all of a sudden you have, you have asthma and that's the reason why you're not going to fight. I'm, I'm just trying to figure out. I think there's going to be 250 fans in, in attendance now. Originally, when they were going to have this, there weren't going to be like when they were talking about it, there weren't going to be any fans in attendance. Right. I, I, you know, I think all the way up until the point that the fight was announced. Right. So I, I'm just I'm I'm a little confused at like what changed like all of a sudden like he doesn't have asthma anymore and COVID's not a big deal anymore because. I don't know if y'all been watching ESPN boxing since the beginning of COVID, but there's a few holes in that wiffle bubble. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yes. So there's just a lot of stuff that it it seems like I don't know if he is like this 
uh, I don't know, like this weapon or like this 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 medium or like just this conduit f- for his father. You know, like like yep. the, like the way that he the bravado and the trash talking. Because when you get, did, did his father get him this fight, or did he want to, like is you know what I mean? Yeah, and 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 I think like all the things that we've talked about kind of lead you to the point of he doesn't it, in like the glimpses of real life that we get, and and I, I admit they're just glimpses, so you can't completely judge somebody on this. You know what I mean? Right. But just the glimpses I've seen, it it, it kind of comes off to me that. Maybe the real Tiafimo Lopez, um, you know, isn't as uh, you know indestructible as the sort of facade that 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 team Tiafimo you know tries yep. to present. That's exactly what I'm. That's exactly the picture I'm trying to paint. Is I have I have serious questions. I'm not saying right. that it's cracked and it's gonna and it's gonna fall down and it's all it's all a farce. But that's that's got this thing in the back of my mind that's making me go. This ain't good. You're fighting fucking Lomachenko, dude. Like you got to be like it's got to be 100% tight. The screws got to be tightened on that bitch. Yeah, not only is Lomachenko a great fighter, but he's not the kind of fighter that's going to take anybody lightly. Right. And I you know, he's like, "Ah, <laughs> it's just fucking Tiafimo, guys. We don't need to put in that extra work." <laughs> no, I think th- this fight is real for him. You and you see in that another thing you saw in that blood, sweat and tears is he talks about uh, Lomachenko talks about the first time he met uh Tiafimo Sr. Uh-huh. Oh, that must have been interesting. The interaction they had backstage, and he makes a statement like, I, I don't know if he drunk or, you know, what he do. And, and and he was like, you could tell Lomachenko felt disrespected because he kind of got up in his shit and was like, we're going to fuck you up. Like, my son's going to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I don't know, what the fuck is up with this dude? Like, okay, whatever. Get the fuck out of my face. And people had to, like, literally part of Lopez's team had to pull Sr. away from Lomachenko. And Lomachenko makes a statement like, "I, you think I forgot that shit? No, nah, I don't. I don't forget that shit." Yeah, I mean, look, Lomachenko has said that's just not the way things are handled in the Ukraine. Like, the Ukraine's not a place where people like boisterously talk shit about people behind their backs. There's physical consequences. Yeah, no, it, no, it gets resolved. Right. Like, if somebody hears you talking shit to that level, right. then you go and you and you handle it, saying, "I don't like that you're talking shit." Oh yeah, well. I think that that's what you are. Okay, well then let's fight about it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think that that's where, you know, sort of Lomachenko's simplistic approach to the marketing side of this fight, the public relations side, is that he feels disrespected on a personal level. Like these these dudes have just been running the streets of you know to him from his perspective from from the Ukraine, like fucking just talking shit for the last year. Right. You know. Um, so I think that there's. Ah, so many dynamics to this fight, man. Like you know? the, the thing that scares me for Team Lopez is the way that you have to beat Lomachenko is the way they're talking about. You got to bully him. You, you got to bully him. You got to push him back. You got to Siri Salito that motherfucker. Mm-hmm. I just don't know that they're that. That's not them. They're not that fighter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, does Does anybody see that? I've never seen that type of performance. That type of punch output. That type of just nonstop coming at you offense. I, I you know. I, I wanted to think like a couple weeks ago, I was in my mind kind of talking myself into this fight being closer than I initially thought it would be. But after, you know, kind of watching a couple videos this past week and digging into it a little bit, I'm kind of back to where I was when this thing started. I'm, I'm very, very positive and very uh, set in, the, in how I see this fight going and, and, and what I think happens and who carries the fight. 
Give it to us, Vin. I mean, I, I think it, it happens like this. I think the first two or three rounds are interesting. And I think we might see Lomachenko get caught by a big right hand. And maybe he gets hurt by a big right hand. But I think he's going to settle in come rounds three, four, five, six. And I think down the stretch it has a possibility of turning ugly. I, I'm not sure it gets that ugly, but I think it is clear who is the who has the superior ring IQ. And that's the difference. It's the experience. And if that footwork is back to prime Lomachenko, I just don't think the kid stands a chance, man. I see it. I see a 9-3, 10-2 type of win for Lomachenko in this fight. Yeah, I mean, look, the fight is real, and it's real because of Tiafimo Lopez's power, right. right? We don't know how that power will affect Vasily Lomachenko, um, but it's the truth. So the only way in my mind from what I've seen from Tiafimo Lopez's career and what I've seen of Vasily Lomachenko's career the only way that Tiafima Lopez wins this fight is if he can drop Lomachenko multiple times mm-hmm. and it goes the distance or he, or he knocks him out. I mean, that's yeah. what, to me, to win on the scorecards, he's going to have to drop Lomachenko three times, you know? Yeah, he just doesn't have the output. No, he doesn't have the output, um, but he has a chance to do it. But if he doesn't do it early, I see him and his father becoming extremely frustrated um, and frustrated to the point that uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'm going to call it. I'm going to say that Lomachenko stops Tiafimo Lopez in the tenth round. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I could easily see that happening, and I, and I really and I, and I think it's a pretty dominant performance. Yeah, and I, I I could see that happening more than I can see Lomachenko getting caught and dropped in this fight getting stopped. I a couple weeks ago was thinking, am I you know am I ready to say this kid might pull this shit off? But he could. I, he could. I, I, yeah, but I just I, the more I looked into it, and the more I kind of dug into it this past week or so, it's like, nah, it's not. He's not ready yet. It's just not his time yet for this type of fight. But it's going to be a hell of a learning experience, and he'll take a lot from this fight. A lot. Oh, it will absolutely. It'll. I'm not going to say it's going to shock the world if he stops Lomachenko, but it will rock the world. Oh. Um, and and look, this is a dude. There's a. I think you're talking about a potential new face of boxing if he does that. And you know what? And that's where it gets back to this this little lingering question that I have inside of my head all the time about this fight. And I'm sitting here thinking to myself, who does top rank really want to win this fight? That's what, yeah, who that, does top rank? I'm glad you re- brought that up. Really want to win? Yeah, because they're they're clearly like the brass at top rank is rooting for one guy. Here. They want they want a certain guy to win here. It kind of when you look at it on paper, like you like, do they want Tiafimo Lopez to win this fight? Mm-hmm. They can build a lot more with a twenty one year old brash uh, Latino fighter, you know, in this country, much easier than they can a Vasily Lomachenko who's already thirty two. And spends his off seasons in the Ukraine. Doesn't care about the spotlight one fucking bit. Is not worried about being a star. He just wants to go down as one of the best fighters of his era. Yep. That's it. So from a promotional standpoint, like who do you think they want to win? Yeah, the long-term investment, it would be great if Tiafimo Lopez wins this he fight. Be- he becomes a superstar, and you can easily sell him. And I think Lomachenko's a known enough name, even, even to the, you know, casual boxing fan sports fan they know oh Vasily Lomachenko like that's the dude that's really fucking good look it would seem that the biggest fight would be 
Tiafima Lopez versus Gervonta Davis, and all yes. you know, an all American. You know, you got the 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 Black American, the Latino American. Like, just it speaks to so many different people. It's right. such a big event. Sells you know, huge. Um, you know, Davis. Uh, you know, Tank Davis. As long as you know things keep going the way that they're going, and he keeps getting uh, you know, maneuvered with his uh, Halloween fight against Leo Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. Like, it just seems that that would be a great fight. But here's the problem. I mean. I don't know if he'll ever Tank Davis that is will ever be that successful at 140 pounds. I, I think if he's at 140 pounds, that means that he's way overweight and isn't taking it very seriously. And that's exactly where Tiafimo Lopez is heading. So from the because we you and I do know for a fact mm-hmm. that Al Heyman and Top Rank have discussed a Lomachenko versus Gervonta Davis right. pay per view. So I think the the as far as an you know an event is concerned a realistic event that they can have that tank davis would sign off on because he knows that he could leverage he would try to pull some mayweather a side leverage bullshit right and it would be in and around 135 pounds it makes more sense right you know two smaller fighters um and Lomachenko, just the more established fighter. I can see it both ways. I just, I think the immediate returns are on Lomachenko winning. And seeing how fucking boxing behaves as if every fight card is the last one they'll ever get to do, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe they want Lomachenko to win. Yeah, yeah. I, for the immediate future, yes. And, and being that Lopez is so fucking young, there's still plenty of time to build him into a superstar and not have this loss have anything to do with hurting that at all. No. No. Um, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. Lomachenko has been a uh, fucking linchpin in the top-ranked boxing game for the last five years. So. Yeah, I mean, he's he's on everybody's pound-for-pound pound list. That's usually not a fighter you want to you push out the door. Yeah, um, hey, man, uh, but uh, hey, I'm only 33. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Loma. Got to go, man. Back to the Ukraine, bud. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so do you think that um, – you will be placing any money on this. Have you looked at any lines that tickle thine pickle? Um, there will definitely be some props that tickle thine pickle that I will uh, <laughs> I will be rubbing one out to, Kim. <laughs> Although my account has plummeted in this yeah. last week. Yeah, betting NFL, suck it out of you. One Sunday, boy. Yes. Ooh. Yes. Sunday, bloody Sunday. Um, okay, Lomachenko versus Lopez. Uh, we will definitely be back for the post fight of this uh, this big event. This big event. Um, no excuses for not watching this one. No uh, news and notes. All right, let's get to this Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder. Enter Anthony Joshua. Um, Enter Lucas Brown. Coogan Cassius will most likely be there. <laughs> although, although Sir Edward of Hearn does have the COVID right now, doesn't he? I think he's about ready to come out of quarantine, Ken. I think he... He is shared, fiending for some of that spotlight, buddy. He shared a McDouble with Trump at the White House. Oh, is that right? That's what he claims. <laughs> Cla- oh, that's super spreader. These fucking... These boxing people and their clout chasing. <laughs> um, yeah, so things are up in the air now. I mean, look, I, I think what's funny with, with, with boxing Twitter... It, people have elevated it. It's, it's in its next evolution of now everybody is just breaking their own imaginary news in boxing right now. You can't even, like, it's hard to sift through all of the false information that's coming out. I just look at it like, 
Well, I guess the people, like the four or five people that actually report news in boxing, because it's literally just four or five yeah. people that actually report any news of relevance. There's about 38 others that try to uh, glom on to it. Yes, and then us. Oh, and we glob on to those guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> Stretching out nut sacks across the nation. <laughs> <laughs> Wee! <laughs> oh, just swinging. <laughs> swinging for a taste. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, but like, look, all this information is coming out. People are saying, oh, well, the uh, uh, Tyson and Deontay better get their acts together because that rematch clause is about to expire. I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe it is. But who knows that? And why hasn't um, like Lance Pugmire or Steve Kim reported about it yet? Why hasn't? <laughs> why haven't we heard anything from Team Wilder? Like the only thing I've heard is Shelly Finkel say, "Yeah, we're fighting Tyson Fury next." Like that's happening. But it's not happening in December, apparently, right? I mean, at this point, we already know like that fight requires a huge crowd. Based, like, you think they're going to fight for less money the third time? No. So obviously, it needs a crowd. Yeah. So I don't know if this is like storytelling and bullshit to, to fucking like, it's it's all <laughs> throw another log on the fire. <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> it, like take us down that road, lead us down wherever. Like yeah. it's all a bunch of fucking bullshit at the end of the day. <laughs> it's so true. Tyson Fury's gonna fight now. They're saying uh, December fifth at Albert Hall, and you you fucking throwing Lucas Brown out there and Dave Stop. Allen. Lucas Brown doesn't even exist. It's not even I, a real person. I, he's real in Australia. Just like that guy that uh, uh, that Joseph Parker's fighting, that guy Fa Junior, Junior Fa Junior Fa. Yeah, he's that, not real. That's not made up. <laughs> <laughs> I know a made up name when I hear one. Then <laughs> uh, it's just to me, like I don't care that Fury Wilder three is not happening. I honestly think it's stupid for Wilder to jump back into that fight now. Yeah. Whether waiting does anything for him at this point, like. You know, he's dropped. He dropped Mark Breland recently. Mm-hmm. Like, who's he going to add in? Is it just going to be JDs? If and if that's the case, then you just know that Wilder's camp has kind of become a yes man camp at this point. Uh, I I don't know, man. Whether they do it now or they do it later, I really don't think the outcome's any different. And I'm kind of to the point where people are like, yeah, I mean, if we don't see a third fight, it's really not going to like bother anybody. I don't think it's it's gotten to that point and. Now that AJ has jumped into the picture and Fury saying, "Yeah, we're going to move on. We're going to fight this this tune up December fifth, and then we're going to go to AJ. You know, early twenty twenty one, as soon as we can get crowds." Hey, AJ's going to have to get through Usyk first, pal. Okay, <laughs> uh, you can you can expect that WBO belt to be a dropped, my friend. Yeah, and then it'll probably be uh, Usyk versus Lucas Brown, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they'll give Frezzo Kendo a shot. Finally, <laughs> guy's been holding up the WBA belt for a generation. It's fucking six years. He's been <laughs> he's been the mandatory. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> hey, uh, Frez, you ever gonna defend your? Nah, I haven't gotten surgery yet. That, yeah, I'm still working that out. <laughs> yeah, still still trying to rehab without going underneath the knife. <laughs> <laughs> I just think the heavyweight picture, like, I'm look, here's what I'm glad that Fury is doing, is like, okay, the Wilder fight's not fucking happening. Make something happen. Like, yeah. you want to tune up? I get it. And then you want to go to Joshua? Outstanding. Like, let's keep the train moving. Yeah, but does it have to be fucking Lucas Brown? I mean, I guess no, he, I want he, it to be David Price. I mean, he can. Jeez, you know, look, I uh, you want just that for, for just Price? For, just yeah. Well, can is he uh, technically would he be allowed to get knocked out again without? 
just for the freak show nature of two six foot nine large ass gentlemen being in the ring like that that is the that's got to be the biggest fight in heavyweight history yes that would size be wise two yes <laughs> yeah. not not uh, magnitude I don't know wise. there's some people in the UK that might differ with you <laughs> yeah <laughs> um no, look I I look I th- I think there's still some intrigue. Um, you know, because we've seen that uh, Anthony Joshua is, is is as vulnerable as the next guy uh, in the way that he got knocked out by Andy Ruiz. So I still think that there's some 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 intrigue for a Deontay Wilder versus Anthony Joshua fight. Yeah. Um, but I also think that there's more intrigue for the fight to settle at all for right now. Right. Yeah. There's still some guys that are on the that haven't proven themselves yet. There's guys like Wilder that are still just as dangerous. Right. Right there. Um. But I just think the next progression is, let's go ahead. You guys say that you have agreed to fight twice next year. Dude, run back-to-back. Fury, Joshua, huge fights. Deontay Wilder can get back on that PBC heavyweight gravy train. A couple tune-up knockouts. Yeah, and then let him fight the winner. Yeah. Give me fucking Deontay versus Ruiz. That'd be great. Yeah. I'd take that all day. So would I. Um, So would I. Um, what else? So Wilder fired Mark Breland. Yeah. So is there anybody going to be, is anybody going to be there that actually <laughs> knows boxing in it? <laughs> he's just gonna I mean, be- JD's knows boxing, but he's not the guy you want to be the lead uh, trainer in the corner of a potential heavyweight champion of the world. I'm, I'm sorry. Something has to be done there. I don't know where they're turning. If they don't turn anywhere, to me, that says a lot. Like I said before, that, that tells me that. Wilder kind of wants it his way at this point. In, in, in his corner, he wants to call the shots, which is fine. You know, you're your own man. You've built your career to this point. You've done – do what you do. But uh, there might be a, a price to pay there. Um, Yeah, there might be. Uh, who knows, man? All these guys are getting older, yeah. you know? Shit, Wilder's fucking 34, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 34, I think. 34, 35. Shit. Yeah, fucking Usyk's the same age. Yeah. You know? Uh, the clock is ticking. The Fury's the young buck. Or yeah. I guess him and Joshua are probably around the same age. Yeah. Anyways, who gives a fuck? Um, <laughs> <laughs> keeping it heavyweight, yeah. um, Luis Ortiz has agreed to a headlining slot on the PBC on Fox. So the 94-year-old gets <sighs> a return slot in a premium spot. Meanwhile... The Charlo doubleheader featuring two main events with two world-class fighters yeah. right, got less views than an Ellie Secback boxing interview. <laughs> I'm telling you, boy. The PBC right now has fucking pulled a fast one on Showtime and on fucking and on Fox. Like, Al is always ahead of the game. I, yeah, that dude is ridiculous, man. He's ridiculous. I don't like, why does Fox, that fucking card is, I mean, absolute fucking garbage. That Luis Ortiz card on on Fox. I think it's is it all heavyweight fights? I, I haven't even seen the undercard. Two heavyweight yet. fights, whatever the fuck it is. It's a it is just piss poor. I mean, do, what are you doing for your guys? What are you doing for the sport? How is that growing your brand as the PBC? I don't fucking I don't get it. I don't know. I don't think they really care either. I, I don't think they do either. You know what I mean? I mean the plan is it, clearly if there's one thing we've learned, the plan is what's right in front of their face. Um to be able to get the Charlo brothers to have two big time fights like that without an audience required pay-per-view. Did it have enough eyeballs on it? That that was a success for everybody involved? I mean, it might have been a financial success. I don't know. But was it a success beyond that, which I don't really know they give a fuck about? Yeah. 
And personally, I hope that Steven Espinoza had to take a pay cut because of that <laughs> card, personally. It has nothing to do with the card or the fighters involved, but I hope it was a failure. And everybody else got fed and got, you know, made some cash. Yeah. But Steven Espinoza, you know. Oh, I, I had a little back and forth with Stevie this week. Oh, fucking, what's old Rat Boy up to? <laughs> So he made some comment about Florida, uh, the Gator, saying, oh, we're going to have 90000 in the swamp next Saturday and how just irresponsible that is. And it's like, hey, uh, hey, Steve, um, the PBC has a card in seven weeks in Texas at uh, the Alamo Dome that could potentially have like 30,000 people or however, what they, whatever the capacity is, 50% of that. Mm-hmm. It, that's okay? Oh, yeah, that's the threshold. That's where Espinosa draws the line. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're fucking inconsistent, all right? Like, stop with the bullshit. Stop being inconsistent. And he's like, he, he thought I was referring to uh, Tank Davis and, and, and Santa Cruz, which is only going to have 20% capacity. Either way, dipshit. Like, there's going to be fucking people there. It can spread just as easily there as it does anywhere else. Like, stop stop getting on your high horse. Like, you, you, you're so high in my – oh, I would never – ever do such motherfucker yes you are you're doing it stop being a fucking hypocrite yeah well no if espinoza had it his way he would make a daily regiment for everybody alive <laughs> you know he has the answers no, of course he does he does um and so i will sit back here in my mundane um cesspool of mediocrity and wait for further instruction <laughs> <laughs> what's let, next steve let, let me have it steve <laughs> what do i do now <laughs> oh, fucking little little cave troll looking motherfucker <laughs> oh man um yeah i just ran into an empty piece of paper here and you know how i am without a script Vin. well it's very uncomfortable looks like it's time to wrap it up b um anything else going on in boxing we saw the fight of the uh the Millennium, decade, century. Yeah, I mean, geez, everybody overreacted a little bit on that. I mean, it was a great fight. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely entertaining. It was a really good fight. Yeah. All right? I think that the best part for me watching that fight, honestly, which I think kind of stole the show a little bit, first off, fucking Bernard Osuna was on fire. (laughs) He was fucking hilarious. He is good. He said something like, "Come on over here, we're all the <laughs> we're all the forties at." So Tim Bradley was talking about the hundred and forty pound division. Yeah. He's like, "We're all the forties at," and he's like, "Not the not the kind of forties that you drink." So like, whoa, <laughs> did you just <laughs> infer that a black man drinks forties? <laughs> and why does it have to be a lot of forties, Bernard? <laughs> <laughs> but who cares? It was fucking hilarious. I forgot about that. I, I almost Tim's like, "No, nah, I don't drink. I don't drink, man." <laughs> What you saying, man? <laughs> um, well, you know, the brothers in the movies, nah, they're it, always drinking the OE 40s, Ken. The best part about it was there was none of that awkwardness. It was like the two of them were shit-faced drunk doing a couch side like, fight analysis. Right. That's how it came off to me. And usually Tim Bradley just annoys the piss out of me because he's always like tuned up. Like, at least 5, 10 milligrams of Adderall more than everybody else. Well, they just need to learn to turn the mic volume down a little bit for him because he gets a little excited. <laughs> Look, man, I, this fight was not, for me, it, w- it wasn't Provodnikov Bradley. I mean, I think that was really nice of Bradley, like, comparing this fight to his fight. What was really fucking, like, entertaining and unique in this was every single time somebody got fucking hit, they dropped. Like, yeah. it was like somebody who's repeatedly like doing that strength test at the carnival. 
They just keep on swinging that sledgehammer, and the bell just keeps on ringing. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was no like there was like a, a moment early on in the fight where Branchek like gets like stunned. And he does a little bit of a wobble, and I think Tim was Bradley was overreacting a little bit, saying oh, his his legs are still going, his legs are still going. I was like, it's a little overdramatic, but uh, I just I just found it with as many knockdowns and back and forth in this fight. What was, the guys just dropped and then just got right back up? I I will say there was a difference between uh, Zapata's Zapata getting knocked down and and Branchick getting knocked down. Branchick was clearly hurt more than Zapata yeah, he, was. Yes, he was affected That's more. Zapata's a slick motherfucker, dude. That he's sneaky, isn't he? yeah. And you know, you, you forget that uh, he took Jose Ramirez to the brink, and this is a guy that's a legit contender at 140, and says he can get down to 135. <clears throat> but I, I, you know, if if Josh Taylor's going to hang around at 140, and Jose Ramirez are going to hang around at 140, I wouldn't mind the winner of their fight having to fight Cepeda after that. I mean, I think that guy's proven he is a legit contender at the top of 140. I mean, as long as Tim Bradley doesn't drink all the 40s first. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, man. Bernardo going going hard. Hey, man, they got to bring Bernardo back. Look, look I, Abner Mares, he is not. Let's no, just say that. No. <laughs> that was uh, good times. Um, good fight. All right, so we're back. Um, I know. For now. For now. I, I made a promise earlier in the show that we'd be back next week. I think we'll be back. I take that back. I changed my mind during the show. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to be available. It's not really that fun. No, Vin's going solo next week. Um, Who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, we got. I I will say this: the rest of the schedule for the for the for the remainder of the year is pretty solid. So we should be doing shows. Yes, I do like a a solid schedule. (laughs) I do. Oh, oh, you do. I do. I I thought you were going somewhere else with that. I like a good, a good, firm, solid schedule. <laughs> um, all right, so that'll do it for episode 290 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. Uh, please subscribe to the audio version of the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you can get audio podcasts. All the links are available on theboxingrant.com. That's theboxingrant.com. Subscribe to the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Check out the full-length video version of this episode and every other episode available on the Boxing Rant YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter, at Vince Cummings 81 and at Kenny Keith Jr. So until next time, we appreciate all of you tuning in to episode 290 of the Boxing Rant Podcast. But I'm the best ever. My style is impetuous. There's no one that can match me. I'm the most brutal and vicious and most ruthless champion that's ever been. My defense is impregnable. Anybody can get it.